Every now and then a brand comes along that completely changes the world. Such a brand is Zumba. At any given moment, there are 100,000 people taking a Zumba fitness class somewhere around the world. Not only did it become a fitness dance grace, but get this, according to Billboard magazine, Zumba became the biggest radio station in the United States because so many people were dancing to Zumba music. This allowed Zumba to not only become one of the greatest health fitness brands in the world, but a brand that helped turn musicians famous. Remember the song Despacito? It became the single most watched video on YouTube. But it was Zumba that helped launch Despacito into the stratosphere. Today's guest is the mind behind the Zumba brand. Jeffrey Perlman was the chief marketing officer of Zumba. And it was Jeffrey's nuance and genius for developing branding that helped Zumba become the company it is today. Today, Jeffrey is a strategic advisor to Mind Valley and my go-to guy when I want to understand and master the art of branding. So please give a big, rousing Mind Valley welcome to Jeffrey Perlman. Thank you, Vishen. Um, it's it, I, I work with very few brands. My my skill is deep but not very wide. And I look for companies that have the ability to become cult brands, basically, what I call transformational brands. And that is why I am working with Mind Valley because I believe that Mind Valley is a transformational brand. Jeffrey, what are some of the things people are going to get out of today's trading? So one of the things that I want to talk about is the, the process of deep branding. See, most people think that branding is logos and pictures and stories and graphics that you slap on a product to sell more products. Uh, great brands know that brand dictates the direction of the product design. So for example, Harley Davidson doesn't release a scooter because Harley Davidson is about irreverence and a scooter is not irreverent. Let's just call it inspiration. And that's what great brands do. Now, stellar brands take it many levels deeper. It also dictates product design. But not only that, it dictates the ethos, the culture of the company. Every single thing that you do, every single thing that you don't do, what, how you run your meetings, everything is brand. It resonates. It, there's, a, there's a resonance that happens. It's an ethos. Another thing that, uh, that I want to talk about is personas. So there are a handful of brands in the world that create a new persona, a new icon in pop culture. So before Nike, seeing somebody jogging on the streets, you didn't see that. That was for crazy people jogging on the streets. Nike created the Weekend Warrior. You remember the right. Apple Switch campaign, the guy with the hoodie and the T-shirt? Right, the Mac versus PC campaign. If you showed up to work 
Looking like that guy, you got fired. Hello, I'm a Mac. I'm a PC. Oh, hey, iPod, nice. Yeah, it's just a little something to all my slow jams. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, and it works so seamlessly with iTunes. You should check out iMovie, iPhoto, iWeb, because they all work like iTunes, you know. Apple created that person. Wow. And the way Mark Zuckerberg dresses and the way his entire generation of entrepreneurs, their entire disposition towards business was created by Apple. So brands, great brands, give permission for a new human to exist. Before Airbnb, this concept of a global citizen, a, a digital nomad, did not exist. But Airbnb was the brand that gave them permission to belong anywhere. Belong anywhere is the slogan of Airbnb. Belonging is what they sell. Home, wherever you go. Belong anywhere with Airbnb. So we're going to talk about uh, the persona. And the other thing that I want to talk about is the neurology of branding. What great brands do is they create a neural connection between an emotion and a brand. But let's get started. What is the first thing that someone watching needs to understand to go on this journey to take their company or their job and turn it into a transformative brand? So the first thing it, that you need to understand is that there are three different types of brands. So the first type of brand is a functional brand. So, for example, Microsoft sells a word processor uh, and many other products, but they're functional in nature. Uh, the second is experiential brands. So Disney sells magic it, and, and because it sells magic, it's able to rise above any particular product category and go into multiple product categories. It has permission to do that. Um, so Disney will sell magic, you know, in theme parks and in movies and in, you know, cruises, etc. And then there is a transformational brand. It, the transformational brand is a brand that creates a new type of human. It's the reason... I'm sitting in this chair today. It's the reason I, I, I love Mindvalley. I will die complete if I have been able to work on such a brand, on a brand that moves humanity forward, truly creates a new type of human. And so that's why I'm at Mindvalley. Amazing. So does this apply to every product, every service? Should everyone be aspiring to become a transformational brand? No, but I will tell you this. The, the, the landscape right now, I remember the days when I used to buy, you know, there, there were years where I would spend $100 million on, on, on media and traffic. That's not what matters. You should be spending as least money as possible. You know, that, that's not what matters. And in, in the world today, we are seeing that, that buying eyeballs is not enough. Buy, there's a, it's like a seesaw. The, the, the less brand you have, the more you're, you're acquisition cost right. is going to be the more brand you have the less your acquisition cost is going to be so we're, we live in a commoditized world everything is commoditized and and only the only true differentiator is how a product makes you feel and that's largely informed by brand let me explain that to you so wait so the brand is how the product makes you feel would yes. that be a definition yes so one of my methodologies is that we look for for the peak experience of your product. So at Zumba, we used to sell weight loss. That's what we used to sell. And 
one day we were looking at a Zumba class and we noticed that 20 minutes into the class something shifted. This woman just totally lost her inhibitions and, and she lost herself in the music. And we freeze framed and we said that, that's what we wanted to sell. You called it freeing, electrifying joy. Yes. And that was the emotion that that lady was feeling. We wanted to make a neural connection between freeing, electrifying joy and Zumba. Whenever you feel that feeling, we want you to think about Zumba. And so the challenge, the, the creative challenge was, how do we stretch that feeling across the entire breath? Before you've even taken a Zumba class, just by logging onto the website, you get a hit of freeing electrifying wow. joy. And I noticed that when I go to the Zumba website or if I look at Zumba clothing, everything has freeing electrifying joy. When I look at Zumba clothing, it's electrifying, it's orange and yellows, there's tassels, which kind of feel freeing. The imagery of the clothing is always people in these peak states of joy. So that's a brand filter, correct? Right, right. Now, I remember you helped Mindvalley find its brand filter. Yeah. And I believe the brand filter is not something that we publicly say. It's an internal vibe. That's right. right? It's something that we speak about internally, but we try to make sure that everything across Mindvalley meets the filter. Now, one of the elements of the Mindvalley filter that I can share is, is lit or light, right? You'll notice that across Mindvalley. If you look at pictures of our events, you'll see these like these these bizarre light streaks across the events. We're filming this in Mindvalley's auditorium. Do you notice the lights projected behind me? That too is a reflection of that filter. The filter is not just on our website or our imagery. It's actually in our physical space as well. Our office just below here which is an Inc. Magazine top 10 world's most gorgeous office, is called the Temple of Light because as the sun rises and, sh and, and sets, it paints the walls of that office with a unique light. So what I learned from you is to take that emotion of the brand, what you call the brand filter, and apply it everywhere. Yeah. But my question is, how do we find that brand filter? Is it a word? Is it two words? Is it a combination of the word? Yeah. Where does that essence come from yeah so so first of all the words don't matter because what you're looking for is an emotion and words can never define an emotion they can point to an emotion but they can never be the emotion itself so one of the things that i would say is don't get caught up with the words uh, but the methodology is very simple you look at your product experience and you look at where's the peak experience of the product so for Zumba, it was that moment 20 minutes into a class. So for Mindvalley, uh, the, the peak exper experience was the moment where, where people just are in awe. They feel lit up wonder. And so you find that, you, you look at your product experience and you find that peak experience. And then your aim is to stretch that across everything. Because I'll tell you something. When the reason we started investing so much in the build out of the Mindvalley office mm -hmm is because once you're in it, once you're in that emotional place, right. it, it trains you on how to look at it. So the Zumba class became much funner when we said we're about freeing electrifying, when we emoted that, when people, you know, people have now a lens by which they can look at it and it makes it more fun. That, that concept almost messes with your mind. Because when you speak about branding, it's almost metaphysical. You live the brand. You immerse yourself in the brand. Yeah. And then the brand, becomes, the brand becomes more tangible. It becomes more real. I mean, it starts with the leader, really. You have to get to a place where you see its inevitability. 
when we in, think back, you know, 20 years, fitness used to suck. You know, fitness was, you know, there were slogans like no pain, no gain, and sacrifice is great. Right. And oh, people, you'd hear people moaning and grunting in a gym. That was fitness. And, and we all of a sudden saw that fit, fitness didn't need to suck, you know, and, and that we could, that it could be a liberating experience, an experience of freeing electrifying joy. And so once you see that uh, really clear, you can't help but create that. And so that's right. why it's so important to, to dress, you know, to, to immerse yourself. In. So you came up with a completely new feeling and associated that with fitness. Yeah. And I believe the Zumba tagline became, ditch the workout, join the party. That's another thing that, that, that we do in branding is, uh, I call it the contrarian world, worldview, which is what brule, what bullshit thing yeah. are you going to break? And that bring, wins brand love. So for us, it was, you know, that idea that, that fitness is painful. I love that. So the first rule is the brand filter. Yeah. The second rule is the contrarian rule. Yes. You, you call out the BS in the world that you're seeking to disrupt and you make that the essence of your brand. Uh, so that would be the vision of your brand. Okay. So the, the brand filter is the emotion of your brand. It's what you emote. That's why you never tell it to someone. See, brand, marketing is what you say. Brand is my body language. Uh, Apple doesn't need to say anything. Apple could just say shut on an iPhone. And it's one of the best ads ever because it Why? is emoting so much. So what then would be the contrarian question for Apple? That computers are supposed to be complex. Apple is positioned against complexity, if you think about it. So right. Apple positioned against, uh -huh. you know, the, the computer and it was getting more and more complex and, 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 and frustrating. Right. Apple the, said, no, we're going to simplify it. You're right. Before Apple, computer ads spoke about RAM and exactly. hard drive memory and terabytes and all of these words that would confuse your mom. Exactly. Apple is about delightful simplicity. Apple is about an emotion, that, the, that emotion of delight. Before the iPhone, remember smartphones? Remember Blackberry? Uh-huh. It was complex. It was frustrating. Before iTunes, do you remember digital music? It was right. Napster. It was... In insanity, Apple had permission to go into these places, into these different verticals, because like Disney, it, it, it sold something that was beyond the vertical, and so it had permission to go there. Uh, there's something really important to, to understand about Apple or, or about the, the system. So we've got the brand mm -hmm. filter, right? So that's what, what connection, what, right. what emotional con connection you're trying to create. It's a, it's a neurological thing. You're literally creating an, a, a, a neural connection, a neural pathway. Then the next thing that you want to create, that you want to understand is what's your anti-filter? I call that the trigger. So for Apple, it was frustration. Frustration is what they positioned against, right? And then you want to create, well, you want to understand what's your trigger crystal. So the trigger crystal for uh -huh. Apple was the error message. Have an error message. <laughs> right. like you should the blue screen of death that Microsoft users were so so familiar with. Right. So so it's like every time you, you, you if anybody gets an error message, you're like, ah, you should have had an Apple. Like Apple comes to mind every time you, right. you see that. And so they created that by design. Okay, so so there's the brand filter, the emotion of the brand, the body language of the brand. 
there's the contrarian question, which is what the brand is positioning itself against. Yeah. There is the the trigger and the trigger crystal. So the trigger for Apple is frustration. The trigger crystal is the error message. Right. Okay, so let, 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 let's take one step back. What would you say is the contrarian question for Valley based on what you've seen? Yeah, that education is a, is a drag. You go to college so you could get a degree, so you could get the right job, so you could, you know, and, and, and that's all crap. It's bullshit. I love you know, that. You're calling it. Right. Education can be and growth. It can, can be, be fulfilling. It can be powerful. It can truly bring happiness into your life rather than just keep you safe. I went to AFES, you know, three years ago. And I thought I was going to a personal development, you know, right. weekend seminar or something. And, and I thought it was going to look, it was going to be a bore, basically. I, I thought it was going to be a drag. And instead, what I found was that it was an incredible experience full of wonder and awe it was beautiful education has never looked this way personal growth has never looked this way so that was the contrarian question yeah now what is the trigger is it's when you're sitting in a class and you can't wait for it to be over you know it's when you're memorizing something that you, you you're only doing it for the grade you don't you know it doesn't matter interesting and the trigger crystal the trigger crystal we have to define, but for me it's 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 that it's that moment when you're when you're you feel like you're 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 lying to yourself. Right. You're spending all these hours in front of you know, a book, right? Or something, and you don't really you forget it. The next you're doing day it for a piece care. of paper or or for a degree that you think is going to buy you safety. Right. Okay, so let let's quickly recap. So the first thing is you want to figure out the brand filter, the emotion behind the brand. Now, what I learned from you, Jeffrey, is that you don't want to pick a common emotion such as bliss because bliss already has mind share so with zumba you strung three words together likewise with mind valley we strung three words together so your brand filter is a series of words that when strung together becomes unique to your brand yeah yeah well look coca-cola has owned happiness for a long time first right. of all there's a there's a problem uh because the actual product doesn't deliver happiness no you know even though Remember and, and when I said this diabetes, right? But Coca Cola has had to bankroll uh, happiness, right? Uh, uh, because it's a really broad emotion, and the product doesn't deliver it. So it, it it's handicapped in those two two ways. Right. If you make the emotion a lot narrower, something that is more specific, it's easier to own, right? That and this is why with Zumba you strung three words together, right? We wanted to make it really narrow. Okay. And then the second thing is the the contrarian worldview. It's what is your brand what what does your brand stand for and stand against? Yeah. Would that be a way of explaining it? Yeah. So, you know, in, in other another way of, of saying that it's very similar to why. How Simon Sinek talks about your why mm-hmm. or your vision. You know, it's 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 we believe that blah 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 and we're gonna change the world in blah blah blah. We're gonna it, it's 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 what you wanna gift to the world. You're wearing tigers, right? So those that's a very unique shoe from Japan. Yeah. Phil Knight, if you read his book, um, his his book on the story shoe of Nike, dog. Yeah. Shoe Dog, right? He started out reselling those in Oregon, I believe. Yeah. And there was some dispute with the makers of Tiger, uh, which are great shoes. I own a pair of tigers as well. He went and started his own brand, Nike, and then came to dominate the landscape. Yeah. And so you have two brands of shoes, one 
remained relatively obscure, popular in Japan, but relatively obscure. One became a global phenomenon. What did Phil Knight do differently with Nikes that made them different from Tiger? I love that you asked that question. Um, and I just want to rephrase the question. Can we just compare Nike and Reebok? Yes, let's compare because, Nike and Reebok. Yeah, because I don't know enough about this brand. Um, so when you walk into the Nike campus, you get something that you don't get when you walk into Reebok. You get soul. You get heart. See, the problem, the problem with most branding experts out there is that they brand by formula. They're trying to be formulaic about it. And that's like creating a, a, an artistic masterpiece by formula. You know, there are many studio musicians that can play any song you want, but only a, a handful of stage musicians can actually connect because they have something beyond the craft. They have soul. And so that's what Nike has that, that Reebok doesn't have. I mean, even the word, the goddess, of, the goddess Nike right. is victory. It's that feeling that they sell. You walk into the Nike campus, you see these amazing athletes, these pictures of, you know, the Air Jordan, and it's massive. It's all victory that they're selling. It's, it's, it's an emotional thing. So don't ask if your dreams are crazy. Ask if they're crazy enough. Then... A Reebok is selling you a shoe. Nike is selling you uh, an, an, an inspiration, a vision. And, and you're saying it's the, it's the intersection of these four ideas that is giving Nike that soul that its competitors don't have. It, it seems that the contrarian question leads to a deep conviction within the company or the brand. Yes, yes. But there's a moment, I call it the shift, when you see it and you devote your life to it. Think, think about an artist, Michelangelo, chipping away at, at the Statue of David, and he's, he's bleeding, you know, he hasn't eaten in three days, he hasn't slept, his wife hates him. Well, if you look at great founders, you look at Phil Knight, you look at Steve Jobs, they had that. As a matter of fact, I believe that Apple killed Steve Jobs at 56. And you know what? You might not agree with this, but that's the disposition that it takes. And by the time... What, what do you mean by Apple killed Steve Jobs? Apple killed Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was a stressed, you know, angry guy, artist, genius guy. And, and he, he died likely from the stress. I mean, I believe Apple killed Steve Jobs. I don't, you know. From, from being, a, from having to, to, to keep pushing and pushing and pushing for that brand. Yes. It takes that level of conviction to create a masterpiece, to create, a, a, you know, uh, whether it's an artistic masterpiece or a brand. And brand is art. Amazing brands are art. Right. So, so really, this, this is such an interesting conversation because we're attempting to define the soul of a company, of a product. We're attempting to define how great artists like Phil Knight, like Apple, like Walt Disney created companies that are essentially works of art. We're trying to do the same thing with Mindvalley, and perhaps you want to do that with your company. So again, let's, let's, let's try to repeat what we know thus far. And again, because so much of this, and I suspect this is true for you, Jeffrey. You built a household name in Zumba, yeah. right? 
It's become this incredibly valuable company. Inc. Magazine 2012 Company of the Year. Zumba had the power to take a song like Despacito and make it the most watched video on YouTube. And I believe a lot of these insights, when you talk about them, they almost seem intuitive. Not, it doesn't seem that there's a manual for it. Yeah. So there is one very important uh, thing that every artist has. You know what I mean? Um, if you have that level of conviction to your brand, you're going to listen to your brand more than you're going to listen to the experts. You're going to listen to your brand more than you're going to listen to your customers. And so, so the brand is going to, and, and this is what I mean by the conviction that the leader needs to have. The brand is going to take you and, uh, to places where often you don't want to go. Like your kid, our friend uh, uh, Dr. Shafali talks about your kid right. comes into this world to grow you. Well, your art does the same thing. It has a way of staring you in the face. So that, that's a really interesting idea. One of the biggest disagreements I sometimes have with my team is my team is that, okay, we need to build this, but we want to look at the data. We want to do customer research. And I have to tell them, don't. Don't do customer research. I've seen this in my soul. Now, this is actually true for all great inventions. All great products, inventions, app, come first from intuition and then are refined by data. That's right. They're validated by data. So let me give you an example of a problem. Um, at, at one point, 2008 or something, there was a pirated Zumba DVD on every street corner in Mexico City. And we were like, this is awful. This is killing our business. Uh, we don't know. Should we pull out of the market? Should we take some sort of legal action? Yeah, we didn't know. And we sat with the problem. And all, those, all of a sudden, the problem revealed to us everything, our entire business model. We realized that if we put a call to action in, in, in each one of those DVDs, find a Zumba class, uh, we would turn the pirates into a street marketing team for free. And... And all of a sudden, we start creating a ton of demand for instructors, which meant that we start creating a ton of instructors. And Mexico is now one of our biggest countries because of that. And our entire business model was built on that. We call, we call it the feeder system. We're trying to make our instructors successful, feed people into their classes. And as long as that happens, the entire ecosystem right. is healthy. Right. And you speak a lot about looking at the synchronicities in the world happening, connecting the dots and letting that help you discover the next iteration of your product or service. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing in listening is that you need to honor your brand like you would honor your child and you can have a relationship with it. As a matter of fact, I think you have a relationship uh, with the Mind Valley brand. You, you told me the other day that you talk to it. Yes. It talks to you. Yeah. And, uh, and it takes that level of, of, of honor to the brand to, so that it can show you the serendipity right. and show you where it needs to go. The, the, the way of describing it is almost mystical. I feel that the brand has an energy of its own and the brand calls for certain things. And sometimes I have to go against what seems like common sense business strategy or what seems like marketing data to follow what I feel the brand is calling me to do. And you've always pushed me to do that. Yeah. For example, we know that Digital revenue, people learning online, is the bulk of revenue for Mind Valley by a long shot. But the brand has been calling us to create events, to create opportunities for people to connect. We haven't figured out how to fully make this profitable yet. So we're pumping money into it. But 
We keep doing it because we feel this is what the essence of Mind Valley is saying we have to do. Get people to connect. So we are investing in an in technology for connection. We're investing in events for connection. And this currently is a money sink. Yeah. But we keep doing it anyway because we feel that, I feel that this is what needs to happen. And you've noticed that same thing because we're both operating on that base of intuition. A few minutes ago, you had a, a, a Freudian slip and you, you, you said, instead of saying, these entrepreneurs, right. Steve Jobs, Phil Knight, and Walt Disney, you said these artists. Right. Still Steve Jobs, Walt Disney, you know. And, and I thought it was just such a brilliant uh, uh, thing. I, I had a, a little inward smile when you said that. Because, yes, all, every one of these entrepreneurs has, this, has felt the same thing that, that you're feeling, where it's like they're just being called by the brand to, to go somewhere like an artist, like Michelangelo had to liberate David from the marble. He was being called to do that. It's coming through them, not from them. And, and, and their job is to, to devote themselves to that, to commit themselves to that. I'm saying that you need to believe in yourself. Uh, you need to, as an artist, you need to, to follow that intuition. You need to validate it. Right. Afterwards. Yeah, because you can't be delusional, right? right. You need to validate it. Yeah. But often the clues are there within you. Yeah. But, but by the way, the, the, the infamous or, or the famous uh, reality distortion field, mm -hmm. that's created by the shift. That's created by you seeing it so clearly. So the first, the first thing that we spoke about is you have to respect it. It has to be a separate entity to right. you, right? The second thing is you have to listen to it. And the third thing, and then, and then you see it. It reveals itself to you as, as a complete picture. And then you're in the distorted reality field. And then you can't unsee that. That's amazing. Yeah. So let, let's do a quick recap. So the first thing is defining, defining the, the emotions of the brand. What was the word you use? The brand, brand filter. filter. First, you look for the peak experience mm -hmm. in, the, in the product. And then that helps you define the, the peak experience filter. gives you the brand filter. And the second component was the peak experience can also be a negative experience. It just has to be a peak. Right. So for example, Jägermeister mm -hmm. is a horrible, I don't know if you have you ever had a yeah, shot at it's, this. It's awful. Right. Right. But they've created an entire brand around that moment where you're like, your face is all right. weird. And that's the, that, that's, that's the Jägermeister that's amazing. moment. Right. That's their peak experience. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and then the second thing is? The second thing would be the brand filter. The third thing would be the trigger. And the fourth thing would be the trigger crystal. The contrarian worldview. That's what you stand against yeah. or what you stand for. And then there is the trigger. The trigger is that frustration in the world that you want to eliminate. Right. And the trigger crystal is the representation of that frustration. Exactly. In the case of Apple, it is uh, complexity. And then finally... Like holding all of this is this act of looking for the, the seeds of the brand within your past history, the founder's past history. What, what were the life moments that you went through? What were your interests? What were your passions? What were your frustrations? Yeah. What, were, what were you truly good at? And those often become the seeds, the edge that give that brand its unique flavoring. Every brand is art and every founder is an artist. Yes, and there's also the new human, 
right? The, the new human. The identity. So the weekend right. warrior for Nike. The right, so, and that—that's the advanced. That's an advanced level tip. That's the transformational brand. Very right. few brands get there. Right, and when you really get good at it, you create a new type of human, such as the Nike weekend warrior or the Harley Davidson irreverent biker. And Mind Valley celebrates the the people that didn't lay, let a education the educational system rob them of their growth so steve jobs is one of those elon musk is another a, a mark zuckerberg all of these college dropouts that took their education upon themselves took their personal growth upon themselves loved it they had you know elon musk was landing one of his rockets the other day and i saw him look at the sky with a glint in his eye but it took 10 years for that rocket ship to take off. My son has the same glint in his eye when he plays with his toy rockets. And I hope to God that the education system doesn't steal that glint from his eyes like it does from so many, for so many people. And that's why Mind Valley right. is going to that's what Mindvalley is going to gift the world. And, and we are still figuring that out, right? Is yeah. it the glint in the eye? Is it, is it the personal growth lifestyle? Is it the person who has that discipline to dedicate to their own practice? We're figuring that out, but that's another powerful aspect of developing yeah. a brand. <clears throat> so thank you, Jeffrey. It's been a true pleasure. Thanks. And where can people learn more about you? JeffreyPerlman.com. Awesome. Okay. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know this episode wasn't in a usual structure, right? But that's how Jeffrey's mind works. And this is like a really powerful genius who has been helping me out for the last two and a half years. And I really wanted to bring him for all of you who are entrepreneurs and have some great gift that you need to bring to the world. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as you see the Mind Valley brand evolve over the coming years, know that it is this man's mind that is guiding us. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Mind Valley Show with Jeffrey Perlman. Jeffrey's been a dear friend and he has been a constant advisor to me when it comes to all things branding. Now, if you want to go deeper and truly learn to master branding, I want you to know that we recently produced one of the world's foremost courses on branding with Jeffrey. It's called Unstoppable Brand and it's available on Mind Valley. Now, this course is really incredible because you will go deep into understanding not just how to craft a brand for yourself or your company, but you learn how to think about branding in a way that is beyond anything you would learn in an MBA program. This program could be absolutely transformative for your business. So before we wrap up, I'd like to play for you the trailer for Unstoppable Brand. And if this tickles your fancy and you want to join the program, you can get access to this on mindvalley.com for one small subscription fee, that's an annual fee. You get access to Unstoppable Brand plus hundreds of other programs, which are world-class in terms of the results that you're going to get. So let's play the trailer. What is Zumba? We were selling six or seven videos a week, and we were the joke of the fitness industry. But at some point, we stumbled onto something. I do Zumba. Do you do Zumba? Yeah. I did a Zumba class over vacation. It's a hot brand. You know, it's hotter than MTV. 
And that moment catapulted us from the joke of the fitness industry to the largest branded fitness program in the world. With 15 million people taking Zumba classes in 186 countries, we became Inc. Magazine's company of the year. What had happened is that we got our brand right. The brand struck a chord. It spread like wildfire. And I've seen that happen over and over and over again. Mindvalley went from a small internet marketing company to the fastest growing personal development platform in the world, poised to redefine the entire education system. I've had the pleasure of co-creating some of the world's most transformative brands. A lot of people talk about the aspirational brand. There's no such thing because nobody aspires to be logos and fonts and color palettes. They aspire to be other people. The brands that I love to build are the brands that create new human beings. They're the brands that inspire new people to exist. They're the brands that change the course of history. So whether you're building a personal brand or a consumer brand, this course is going to teach you how to build an inevitable brand whose time has come. First, we're going to go through what a brand is and what a brand isn't. And I'm going to help you discover your brand's gift, what your brand is here to give to the world. And then we're going to move on to your brand hero, is the identity that your customers will aspire to be. Next, we will discuss brand architecture. This will help you understand which type of brand you're building. And once you've got your brand architecture, we can start working on your brand essence. And then we're going to use your essence to build your brand universe. In our final lesson, we're going to talk about the most important part in building an inevitable brand. And that is you. Who are you? Who do you need to become to build an inevitable brand? Where religion used to teach people who they should be, a transformational brand, the type of brands that I love to build, they teach us who we could be. And that's how they changed the course of history. I'm so excited to be sharing this quest with you, and I will see you in the first lesson.